Since 1933, Rainbird has pursued the intelligent use of water to shape the future of agriculture. No matter what the weather looks like, the forecast calls for Rainbird. Learn more at rainbirdag.com. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today we're talking with Greg Palumbo, director at Rainbird, about precision irrigation for agriculture and things growers should generally consider for their irrigation systems. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hey, thanks for having me, Taylor. Looking forward to being here. Yeah, it's great to have you here today. Greg, what really should a grower consider when planning to implement new irrigation systems or upgrade their current ones? You know, that's a really great, great question. And, you know, the number of decisions that a grower needs to make when they're planning or when they're operating a system or taking a look at you know, how they're going to maximize their yield for permanent crops or semi-permanent crops are going to be installed for, for decades is enormous. So just the sheer number of decisions and questions that they have to answer, you know, I really admire them for being in that business and, and taking on such a challenge and a risk. But the first piece of advice that I'd ever recommend for anybody is, is to run the numbers and create a solid plan and uh, to really list out the myriad of decisions that need to be made or questions that need to be answered uh, and then prioritize which ones you think might be the most risky for your system, might be the most risky for your crops and make sure you have a solid plan to, uh, to address any risks that you have. Uh, and two, I think another thing is really important is you got to know your land. And this is one of the things I admire most about growers is they are really connected with the land. They're connected with their communities and their areas. And it's so important to know the soil, the terrain, the variation within that terrain. There's no perfectly uniform land. So you've got to make a decision on where do I plant? What do I plant? And how do I irrigate it based on an imperfect plot of land so that you have to get the best results with that imperfect land? And three is you got to know where your water will come from. And even more importantly today compared to the past is you've got to have contingency plans in place for where to source additional water. If your primary supply of water is going to be insufficient or it might be at risk, you know, as we're uh, the folks that will listen to this, they're, they're thinking about this every single day. Uh, where am I going to get my water from uh, as they try to irrigate crops that are going to be yielding for uh, hopefully decades? And that leads me into another idea here where designing with the future in mind, uh, as we take a look at new equipment and more automated ways of harvesting, uh, are there ways that we can space our products or install our irrigation so that they're suitable for more mechanical harvesting as labor uh, is in short supply or as technology advances in harvesting techniques? And another piece of advice is to always work with people you can trust that have your best interests in mind. You know, anytime that you have to make a difficult decision and need to get some advice, it's always really good to go get advice from people that have been around for a while and companies that have been around for a while. And that's kind of where we come in at that point at Rainbird is we want to make sure we pick the best irrigation products for the application. Uh, and Rainbird for many, many years, you know, we got our start nearly 90 years ago. We'll be celebrating a 90th birthday here coming up very soon. 
uh, in about a year, but we got our start here in Southern California in citrus fields in San Bernardino and Los Angeles counties uh, back in 1933 with the commercialization of the horizontal impact arm sprinkler. You know, the things that you hear in the field going every single day as you're or you're driving around any of the roads in California, really across the world. We began by commercializing that invention back in 1933 for citrus growers here in Southern California. So, you know, that was a challenge we needed to meet to more efficiently irrigate in Southern California way back in the 1930s. Uh, and it's something that we still wanna make sure that uh, we're focusing on is providing efficient irrigation solutions now 90 years later. So picking the best irrigation products for your application, uh, that's where we can come in with low volume uh, drip irrigation. Uh, it's highly efficient or from a variety of sprinkler products that can meet the need of almost any installation. Then when you figure that all out, run the numbers again and make sure your, your plan will help you meet your operational and financial goals. So Greg, you kind of mentioned briefly, you know, this issue of growers needing to consider where their water is coming from and just, you know, water availability challenges in general and this persistent drought we have in the Western United States and California, you know, I mean, how really can some of these newer precision irrigation technologies really help growers efficiently use water? to help their crops grow? You know, what technologies do we have at our fingertips these days? It's a great question. So thinking of the drought, you know, we've, as we are here in the West, we're certainly facing an enormous challenge to, uh, to get the water that we need to, to grow the crops that feed the world, right? It's tremendous responsibility and there's a lot of pressure on us to make sure that we can get that done. And you don't need to look very far to see the effect of the drought. Every single night when, if I'm watching the local news, I see, a couple uh, B-rolls B of landscape irrigation sprinklers running and what we need to do to stop that. And then they, they might cut to an image of uh, growers growing almonds in the Central Valley and talk about how the, the drought is affecting us overall. So I think overall, uh, certainly a heightened sense of awareness for how the drought affects our industry is a good thing. Uh, and that the folks in the Western US more generally, uh, it, getting that awareness out there ha has been good. So my advice is, uh, today is, is don't wait. Uh, I don't think, you know, we're gonna, we're getting some storms today in Southern California, which is fantastic. Uh, we'll take any water we can get, but the outlook for, uh, you know, a quick solution to getting more water uh, is not uh, too great, right? It's gonna take a while to recover our reservoir levels and to uh, increase the amount of surface water we can allocate to growers. So to make, to make a, a change here is to not wait. And take steps now to improve our irrigation efficiency because uh, the biggest thing we can do is improve irrigation efficiency uh, because improving your irrigation efficiency has so many wonderful knockout effects by using less water to, uh, to get the yields that we want. Uh, we can reduce the pumping hours and the amount of energy that we consume on our fields. That helps us reduce our costs as growers as well. We can help slow groundwater withdrawals that exceed replenishment rates. So if you have access to groundwater uh, and you don't have access to surface water, you can use less groundwater uh, if you uh, use irrigation more efficiently. You can also improve our fertilizer application efficiency and efficacy uh, if we are putting irrigation, if we're putting fertilizers through irrigation systems. And we can improve by better controlling the irrigation where it goes, leaching nutrients below our, our crop's root zones so we can help get better yield with less chemicals. And as we know, talking to, to growers today, one of the quickest rising costs they face is that of the nutrients that they supply to their, to their crops. So we can help with that as well. 
also introduce our carbon footprint and help growers reduce our all of their input costs and control their crop quality and ultimately grow their profits so they can kind of weather some of the challenges that they're facing right now to continue to be profitable operators of farms in the future. What we focus on here at Rainbird is to make sure that we invest our time and that we invest our uh, our money into new product development for products that are highly efficient that help growers irrigate more efficiently. So I'll talk briefly about two ways that we do that. One way is through our low volume uh, pressure compensating drip line. We've invested a lot in high performing emitters that have accurate flow, meaning if someone goes and buys a, a coil of drip line off the shelf and they expect it to be flowing at a specific rate at every single emitter, well, we can do that. We have drippers that perform very consistently or very accurately in delivering the specific flow rate that growers expect in designers, which is very important. You know, you're designing a system and you gotta get the hydraulics right. So it really helps with a more efficient irrigation design so that, that that pump is sized properly for the irrigation system. So that's one area. And then you wanna, with the emitter, also reduce variability from emitter to emitter. In an agricultural irrigation, we call this a coefficient of variation. Uh, and that has to do with standard deviations for uh, based on emitter to emitter performance over a large sample size of emitters. And if you have good precision of irrigation with compared with compared with good accuracy, then you're going to have a very consistent application rate of irrigation all throughout your system, not only water, but of also chemicals and any fertigation that you're putting through the irrigation system. And finally, an area that we've invested a lot in is to make sure that uh, our emitters are spaced exactly from, uh, from emitter to emitter. So you can have the most accurate and precise emitters, but if they're not spaced right, uh, you're not going to get the results that you need. We call it, we want to make sure the emitter is where you expect it to be when you lay it on the ground so it irrigates the plant. Uh, and that's an area where we spend a lot of time and energy uh, focusing in with, uh, with our pressure compensating drip lines. And, you know, we're really proud to have those installed all throughout the world and certainly a lot of them out in Central California uh, with, our, with our nut growers and a lot of uh, permanent crop producers out there. And two is with our sprinkler products. You know, we've been making sprinklers for almost 90 years here at Rainbird. And, you know, I, I'd like to think we've gotten pretty good at it. Uh, we have engineers that have been around for decades that uh, combined experience levels of centuries of in manufacturing engineering where we can precisely control a stream of water and deflect it and make it go almost exactly where we want it to go and distribute itself very evenly. So as you're taking a look at, uh, you know, a common you know, brass impact that might just be operating and blowing water all over the place, one of the things that we do is we make sure that we can uh, absorb the minimal amount of energy possible of water passing through a sprinkler to get it to go as far as we can so none of that energy is, uh, is wasted. We want to increase the distance that we can throw water uh, and make sure that we throw that water very evenly from the sprinkler all the way out to the end. And that helps us in doing that with bigger water droplets, prevents wind drift. Uh, it prevents overwatering in particular areas versus underwatering others. So a lot of the same uh, uh, effects that I mentioned for drip line irrigation, it's just sprinklers, right? It's just a scaled up dripper in a lot of ways. So we can really uh, control where the water grows. So it's, these are the two areas that we've really taken a look at. And we think, you know, we, we think in terms of ag tech that we built a lot of mechanical ag tech into these products to help growers use water more efficiently. Uh, you know, I go back to thinking about all the decisions that a grower needs to make to, to grow uh, effectively. And if we can help take that, that worry or concern off the table for efficient irrigation uh, and even coverage, that's just one less decision they have to make. And uh, that's our goal.
referencing those two specific areas. Are those areas that you as a company focus on due to, you know, feedback from growers and, and customers? I mean, is this, are those really what um, the growers like need and want at the end of the day? Is that kind of the feedback you're getting? Taylor, that's a great question. And I've got a team right now, a marketing team and some engineers that are traveling up and down California right now, meeting with growers today, asking those exact same kind of questions. And we have salespeople out in the street every single day asking those questions and, and getting feedback and listening to our growers so that we can, we can take their feedback and build that feedback into the products that we produce. Uh, and, you know, even though I won't say that if I use the word distribution uniformity, that might not be the word that a grower might use or a distributor dealer might use for our products, uh, but they might say, you know, it needs to be wind resistant or uh, it needs to evenly uh, put water out into there. Hey, or, or I don't, I don't want to flood over here and have a dry spot over here. I want to avoid dry spots or I want to put chemicals down evenly. If I look at my row of trees, you know, that tree down at the end of the line just doesn't quite grow as well as some of these other right here that are, that are closer to my point of connection. So I think that those are the kinds of the challenges that we face as a manufacturer is making sure that we can translate the growers want and the growers need into a specification that we can build into the product that solves those problems. And we do that as much as we can by listening. Uh, and we're really focused right now on growing our team to go out and uh, to listen because we're investing in a lot of new technologies to, uh, to help growers irrigate more effectively and efficiently, you know, even more broadly outside of California, which has been a, a significant focus for us over the last several years. Definitely. Great stuff, Greg. We're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors. When you need the best irrigation on the market today. You can trust the 90-year history of Rainbird agricultural innovation. Everyone listening to this ad knows that this is what sprinklers sound like because we invented the original horizontal action impact drive sprinkler in 1933. So go learn why the forecast calls for Rainbird by visiting rainbirdag.com today. Hi, we're back talking with Greg Palumbo, director at Rainbird, about precision irrigation for agriculture and things growers should consider for their irrigation systems. Greg, I'm curious, you know, how do growers at the end of the day really determine how much water their plants need to thrive? What methods do they have at their disposal um, to really determine that so that they can utilize this precision irrigation technology properly? That's a really great question. And also, you need to think about answering the question, how do you determine exactly how much water plants need to thrive? And there's some art to that. And there's also some science to that. Uh, you know, for so many years, uh, as rainbirds have grown around for 90 years and has helped growers irrigate, uh, a lot of knowing how much water plants needed to thrive was just kind of getting to know your land, kind of getting to know the plants and the signs of stress that you have today because they've been growing for so long. And uh, they could recognize those things. But certainly over the last decades, we've seen uh, more stress, uh, more pests, more drought, all kinds of new factors that cause stress in new ways for, uh, for growers and trying to evaluate how effective their irrigation is. So I think number one is to make sure that you're keeping a, a key eye on site conditions and all your inputs and, and being able to measure them. Uh, being able to measure, you know, the easiest calculation to do is uh, taking the total flow of water and how much water you're applying and how many acres you have to kind of get a sense for uh, what your precipitation rate is or how many inches or feet of water that you're putting out in at what time of year. 
So certainly having the ability to do that. Uh, also educating yourself about the signs of plant stress and signs of soil stress and other conditions that could adversely affect crop development uh, and making sure that uh, you have the ability to recognize something before it becomes a problem that you can't recover from. And there's all kinds of ways to help with that now. There's certainly visual and experience, but there's a lot of new technology out there in the form of sensors, in the form of uh, soil moisture sensors. Uh, you could do a deep dive in ag tech and electronic ag tech and quickly find a whole bunch of things that might be able to help you in your specific area for your specific crop based on the challenges that you face. So again, making sure you know your site very well, educating yourself about the signs of stress so you can take action to quickly uh, resolve some adverse conditions. And then thinking about what kind of electronic or mechanical ag tech that you might want to invest in would be, uh, would be really important. And so to finish it off, Greg, you know, sprinklers, they're great for watering crops. That's what everyone knows them for, but they can also uh, assist the plant with a number of other issues that ag crops deal with on a monthly, yearly, daily basis. Um, you know, things like frost protection, dust management, pest control, cooling, et cetera. You know, how, how can sprinklers, you know, really, really be helpful for those types of things as well? It's great that you mentioned the difference between sprinkler irrigation and, and low volume drip irrigation. And while low volume drip irrigation has many benefits of getting water to the roots very efficiently, there are certain things that drip irrigation just really cannot do still as well as sprinklers. You know, we think of frost protection, right, as being one of the, the big things that, uh, that we can do to protect high value crops and buds uh, in areas where, you know, cooling can occur in the northern climates or in cool valleys. Uh, and also to make sure our sprinklers are, are installed in those types of applications so that they can shoot out water very quickly and effectively uh, to get to generate a, a nice ice encapsulation there to insulate uh, the plants. You know, one of the things I always enjoy talking about is it's kind of counterintuitive a little bit that frost protection can be achieved by creating an ice layer around the plant, but that's exactly what it does, right? Like, uh, like an igloo, it can insulate the, the things inside to keep them warmer so that you don't get any uh, damaging frost there. So frost protection from sprinklers is important. Uh, you mentioned cooling, you know, that's becoming an even bigger issue for us now as we take a look at uh, areas where uh, we're being exposed to long durations of extreme heat where we haven't necessarily seen that in the past for as much of that in the past. So there's areas in the northern uh, Pacific Northwest or in California where uh, the quickest way to cool something off is to throw a bunch of water on it. And a quick way to throw a bunch of water on something is to have a sprinkler shoot it out. Uh, and that's been very effective there. So that's a way to achieve uh, some uh, some cooling, uh, also misting and fogging is another way to achieve cooling in some areas as well. And also drip line irrigation, a lot of times because you're putting so much water on just the surface and letting it slowly percolate through the soil. In some areas, if you're pulling out of a, a well that has a lot of salts in it, you can actually build up a significant salt layer on the top of, uh, on the top of your ground, on the top of your soil. So sometimes having sprinklers that from time to time you can irrigate a lot and help push down those salts to the soil profile can be very beneficial. So we see that, and I could see that becoming you know, an increasing challenge for us if droughts were to continue uh, is a buildup of salt on the top layer of our soil. So sprinklers will play a part in making sure that 
uh, we can mitigate those risks of salt and continue to get the nutrients down to the root zones and continue to get the yields that we want uh, with less water and kind of avoiding runoff or negative consequences of that. Uh, and you mentioned dust management uh, as well. And you know, one of the neat things about rainbows are big old brass sprinklers have been around for so long. We got our start in Southern California with those, but you know, quickly by changing angles and flows and size and you know, specialized arms that can uh, distribute or direct water in different ways, we quickly found all these different applications out to, in the world. And, it's pretty neat. Our, our brass sprinklers will you know, use for dust, manage it, dust management in horse arenas or in mines or uh, for cooling of lumber in the southeast. So really uh, cool applications for sprinklers that, you know, really go beyond just uh, growing uh, crops, but are kind of ag adjacent in a lot of ways. Well, that's all really great information, Greg, very educational about, you know, the use of precision technology, you know, a bit about what Rainbird's doing and how, how these technologies really fit into the current landscape of California ag with all the, the water issues we have going on and, and how those can help. We appreciate being on the show today, Greg. Taylor, thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. This is Taylor with My Ag Life signing off. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for updates, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.